0: I'm going to say it. I think the windlass is dead.
1: Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to Simply the Best Podiatry with Jason Agosta and John Osborne. Um, Simple tips to enhance and uh, create a better practice for you. Good morning, John.
0: Good morning, young Jason. I've got a, well, hang on. Today we're at episode four, I think, and we're going to look at plantar heel pain assessment. Is that right?
1: That's right. And uh, we've pulled out a big one for everybody. So we're going to talk about plantar heel pain or plantar fascia pain, and uh, hopefully we can pass on some good tips to everybody.
0: But I've, I've got an important question for you. What shoes are you
1: wearing? Right at this moment.
0: Right at this moment.
1: Well, it's quite cold where I am down the coast and I've just come in from being outside, so I have my uh, boots on. And that's, uh, that's just a, a given as soon as I walk in the door here. What have I been in this morning? I've been in, in, in cycling shoes on a cross-country bike. Um, but I know what you're getting at. What am I wearing uh, through the week? And um, my go-to at the moment is a running shoe, I'm wearing uh, the On Running Shoes, and I'm wearing the Cloud Runner. I'm not sure whether you've tried them or not. Are you enjoying them? They give me the sense that there's a perfect blend of firmness, which I really like, but lightweight and flexibility comes with it. And I think they've pretty much nailed that blend where traditionally a lot of Lightweight, flexible shoes are soft and forgiving. Um, And some of the really solid support shoes are are a little heavier, but certainly really firm. These feel like there's this ideal blend and I love it.
0: Yeah, nice. But I I have to say, I am really keen on uh, on, that. You're wearing the Ugg boots right now. That's great. Um, Beautiful time
1: in the (laughs) morning. Can't beat it.
0: are Are you committing a cardinal sin?
1: Absolutely not! This is strengthening time. Being barefoot, you should know that. <laughs> I
0: love it. I love it. Um, I'm rocking right now at this moment, actually talking barefoot time. I'm rocking my Saucony Triumphs 21, which it's a bit left field, but I have to say they are probably the most cushy shoes I've tried on in a long time. Typically, I love to feel the ground when I'm running, so um, so it's a it's a really different go for me and i'm going to take them for a spin later they do feel really hard wearing which is nice because i'm pretty rough on my shoes even running on concrete so um i'll be keen to see how they roll keen to see how they roll later but yeah i'm not used to cushion it's a lot there's a there's a lot of talking clouds there's a lot of there's a lot of softness under there
1: right but they've been around for a long time and although they've changed their model along the way they've been a bit of a staple of the uh, Saucony range and always quite good i thought
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I'm yeah, keen to give them a crack.
1: And what about uh, your week of activities? What's that involved?
0: Oh, it's been mad this week. So um, I'm about to head up to Queensland. It's a good plug, actually. Anybody listening to this, uh, as this goes to air, I'm arriving in Brisbane. Uh, and we're about to do an EMG uh, and force plate production study on um, foot and muscle exercises. So... Um, please reach out. Uh, we're we're looking for some participants. I want to get a good even split, men and women, uh, and a good range of of age groups and people. Um, so, yeah, about to about to arrive up there. So we've we've been I've been madly putting all that stuff together um, for a good arrival in Brisbane.
1: So not much activity this week, Dancing Johnny. <laughs> I get the I get the gist. <laughs> And you're going uh, to the National Podiatry Conference?
0: Yes, yes, I am. So that's on 26th. Um, in fact, I'm speaking at the National Podiatry Conference uh, about my Delphi study, which is it gives three different, uh, the, the results of that provide three different programs uh, for people with plantar heel pain. Um, are you coming up or are you going to wait? No, I won't time? be
1: attending, but I was just going to say that all these people who uh, don't know who you are, they can now come and check you out in Brisbane, all or, or the delegates, and uh, hopefully someone will grab you di- walking down the hallway and do the tango with you dancing, Johnny. So for all those out there going to the Brisbane conference, look, look up uh, John Osborne, go to his presentation and uh, check him out afterwards, and I'm sure he won't mind uh, doing a bit of a jive with you. Okay, at the bed after party. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's get straight into it. Um, episode four, we're talking about plantar heel pain, and I'm going to let you kick this one off. Don't...
0: We should really look at assessment here, shouldn't we? Um, and one of the big ones that I, I mean, I always seem to see, particularly across social media, is well, what are the differential diagnoses? Yes. So if we're looking at if we're looking at heel pain. How often do you think it's a differential, and how often do you think it is bog standard plantar heel pain
1: or plantar fascia? That's, that's the hard thing clinically, isn't it? I mean, you, you can track palpably, you can track the plantar fascia down and assume that is on the calcaneal tubercle. I'm dealing with plantar fascia pain as well as the history that's presented. But yep. are we actually, do we really know exactly what we're dealing with clinically? And I think that what you're talking about with the assessment side of things, you've got your palpation and, and obviously, you know, a lot of people use radiology, but there's other other factors around there, isn't it? There? There's that, the calcaneal nerve that runs medially. There's the tendons in that region. So what about yourself?
0: Well, I think it comes back to our earlier episode number two where we talked about, about listening to the patient and trying to get their story out in some ways you can you, you can frequently get the person that rolls in and says okay yep it's first steps in the morning it warms up it does this it does that does that and then really all because then I'm saying okay how can we find ways to exclude something else and exclude the easy stuff like a tip post you know get some muscle do some testing to rule out a tip post like version testing palpation yeah. testing but it's when in that subjective they throw to me something that just doesn't fit the really textbook question and then it's let's just make sure it's not a stressy or it's not this or it's not that. Actually, I've got an example. So um, I was working with a surgeon, a patient presents. I've got raging heel pain, comes on at night time. I don't feel it in the morning, doesn't warm up. Um, it's yeah, really, really, really painful by the time I get to the end of the night, I have to stop. So my alarm bells are going off for what's the chances of calcaneal stress? The um, it was a lady who was in her early seventies. So is there some osteopenic relationship there? So you can sort of start to get that flow on. So then you think, well, what about MRI? The irony of that is low diet tape, and she went, oh, "I'm fixed." Yeah. So then that just throws the red herring back to the beginning. So
1: that um, that use of tape, if you get that, you know, the edge taken off that heel pain immediately. Would, is that one of your sort of diagnosis tools, would you say, for um, I suppose assessing that that what you, what is presented is plantar fascia pain?
0: Um, there's a great paper by, or well, there's a great, uh, it's not a paper, it's a conference present, uh, presentation by Karl Landoff where he shows that in 10% of cases there's calcaneal bone edema. Um, so of 10% of presenting heel pain cases, there's some calcaneal bone edema how, where's the relevance of that? And if you miss it, you don't want to put someone in low-dite tape for four weeks when you could have put him in a boot for three or two, settle everything down and then go, I'm going to go. So getting getting the diagnosis right early.
1: Well, my assessment, it just involves, a power, you know, obviously being a really good listener to the history. And I think if it is plantar fascia pain, but even, the, you know, the tenderness pain um, a little deeper, I think these problems do warm up on activity but to get worse by mm. you know having more time um, with loading. Then there's the, the, the palpable pain that you can track down um, and the taping, yes, I feel that that is a great indicator of um, plantar fascia pain or that deeper tenderness pain when you can get the edge off it immediately in 20 seconds with the taping. I think it's a great diagnostic tool. And that plays a huge role with my assessment on the spot, in you know, immediately before anything else. So, those three things I think a history, palpation, and then the taping. I think for me, that's really important and it does set up the treatment plan, as you touched on. What about radiology? Do you use radiology often?
0: Radiology is a funny one, like we we are taught, don't go there. And so, I think. As clinicians, we're really hesitant to use radiology. But I think if you're doubting yourself, and radiology is going to make a difference to how you treat or don't treat somebody, you can't be afraid to pull the trigger. I probably go earlier on imaging if if I get if I get absolute donuts after about two sessions.
1: Yeah. Okay. So if it gets a little confusing, you might head towards you know, sending a patient off for an ultrasound. I'm assuming.
0: Yeah, ultrasound or or MRI, yeah, or MRI because I think it can particularly in the, if you're thinking something obscure, bone stress and nerve entrapment. Nerve entrapment's a good one on ultrasound, I think. Y- your take?
1: Uh, I don't use ultrasound much at all. I think we see um, a few ch- changes in in that region, but they don't necessarily affect you know my treatment plan. And I'm talking about when you see edema in the region. Um, even if there's splits in the plantar fascia or small tears, it doesn't change my treatment (laughs) regime. But having an understanding of that may um, enable you to just to put forward to the patient that, you know, this might take a little longer than, you know, the the usual scenario. So I actually don't use it too much and I don't, you know, really hang too much on my treatment even if someone comes in and they've had it all done. The other thing I wanted to mention, you would have had this, you know, uh, so many times as well, is... The classic when uh, usually it's a woman who comes in and says, this is so much better and I don't have any problems when I'm in healed footwear. And to me, that is, again, a dead giveaway. We are dealing with the plantar uh, fascia pain, um, but also maybe that you know, deeper tenderness pain. It's an absolute classic because that we'll, we'll get onto why that is effective uh, in the next episode of Treatment. But again, going back into the history and learning that, I think it's quite important.
0: I, I think you're right. So, what are the? I suppose what are the green flags, red flags? What are the? What are the things in a history? Then we're looking. At? Let's go back to history. First steps, pain. Is that right?
1: I think yeah, the classic inflammatory response.
0: Yeah, so warms up.
1: So pain after rest, but then warms up, but then continues to grumble and get worse on loading. Yep. It's a good question actually, because. Patient, patients always ask, why am I so sore in the morning when they get out of bed, you know, if this is, you know, if it's plain, you know, true plantar fascia pain. And I always have to be really clear. And they love knowing the answer of it, um, just explaining that, you know, at rest there is some contracture of the soft tissues and the heat accentuates that inflammatory response of being in bed overnight. And they just want to know. And I do, I, I often yeah. go on to say on that point that, that morning pain and stiffness that people experience is the longest part of this whole um, little journey of experiencing pain to resolve. They often, people can often improve Literally. and be so good on warm-up and through activities, um, through, get through their day comfortably, but the morning pain and stiffness or post-rest um, discomfort is the longest part to resolve. They just need to know that
0: yeah agreed and do you also find though that it's the warm-up phenomenon that then they go oh it can't be that bad because it warms up
1: yes yeah but that also is encouraging in maintaining activity and again once we get into the treatment Mm -hmm. regimes i'm going to talk about that um because i would always say to a patient rest doesn't help this problem you need to keep mobilizing you need to keep moving we don't want to lose strength and control
0: Mm -hmm. okay so First steps of pain, the you know, the classic warm up, uh, healed shoes. Anything else in that history that either makes you go, "Yep, this is or not," we need to rethink the diagnosis here.
1: Um, well, I suppose if there's any trauma, just a traumatic history. Oh yeah, I think they behave a little different, and they sometimes take a little longer. If someone's you know had an acute injury and maybe you know torn their plantar fascia or the plantar musculature. Um, yeah, I think that that's probably the main one that I would um, yeah want to know.
0: Okay, so we're through that history, and then palpation.
1: Yeah, it's a big one, isn't it? Because you want to differentiate medial calcaneal nerve, you know, all the tarsal tunnel problems. That's really important. Yeah. Um, fibromas. Yeah, well, I mean, you can palpate them, can't you? What What are the fibromas that we often see?
0: My favourite name of anything in the foot and ankle, Lederhausen's disease. Right. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> cue the German music. Um, but yeah, Lederhausen's disease. So they're just those little fibrous hardened balls of tissue those, um, is that, that is, still is that, stuck inside.
1: There. Little balls of tissue stuck in stuck in the plantar fascia. But they, have they originated from small tears of fibres and, and they're contract, contracted or...? That's what I've always thought, but I've never been sure. You know what?
0: I don't think I can give you an answer on that either. But I also think that it can't be because how many times do you see, like on an ultrasound, tiny little tears, they're always mentioned, but in reality they're not relevant. And it's not like you see that person six months later, 12 months later that goes, well, now I've got a fibroma. Yeah. Mm.
1: I've often wondered whether- So I think
0: it's just good luck.
1: Yeah. Good luck, you're a bit lumpy under there. Yeah, I've always <laughs> thought it was just like strains or t- small tears in the fibres. I would love people to hit us up and um, DM us uh, through Insta or whatever it may be. Um, getting back to what you were saying in regards to taping, that when those people yeah. come in and they do have those fibromas along the medial aspect of the plantar fascia, um, the taping is so good, so mm. good in alleviating mm. that, which leads me john to in discussing plantar fascia pain and assessment if we differentiate the heel pain to the midfoot plantar fascia problems there's quite Uh, a distinct difference and the midfoot problems tend to get better really quickly because they're not affecting the plantar fascia is not affecting the periosteum clearly the midfoot strains um, or pains that people present with tend to resolve so much better in my experience. Do you
0: think? Do you think they present earlier than the person with the the point tenderness at the heel? Oh, god, good question.
1: I think there's more um, there's more often a traumatic history, like a sudden acute strain, in causing those. Yep. So yeah, I think they have a shorter history. Yes. Um, but again, you know, usually the treatment plan doesn't change too much between that midfoot plantar fascia pain and the, um, and the heel pain. Um, there's a comment you made uh, a couple of weeks ago about um, not being able to strengthen the plantar fascia because it's that connective right. tissue. Uh, I loved hearing that. But can we stretch the plantar fascia?
0: Well, that's the gold standard, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so we can cover that. We can't cover that next week, but that's the gold standard. Yeah. Um. So I think it. I think that is a treatment option, and we'll we will come back to that. But I think that's 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 the thing that when I see the patient after I've seen fifteen people, and that's an exaggeration. Once I've seen the person, that's seen a number of different people, it's the one thing they haven't done.
1: The stretching of the foot. Yeah. Okay. Because I've been in theatre and I've grabbed that of fascia and it doesn't stretch in the cases I've you know checked on. Right. So when we get into the treatment of this, let's have it. We'll speak about our plans of actions and and what we believe in. Um, because I think that is a little overdone. But I love that comment that Ooh. you can't strengthen the plantar fascia. And I think that's a really important point for people to um, to remember yeah. as well. What's well, that? Not- it's the intrinsic muscle. Yeah. Musculature you strengthening to offload the connective Absolutely. tissue. Yeah.
0: And if you look at all the stuff that's coming out now, it's sort of showing that they work simultaneously, but the propulsive force is generated by the muscles. Yeah. They just happen to work. They work in the same plane. They work in the same um, alignment as that plane of fascia. So it's easy to then link them. Yeah. Um, but I think. Oh, I'm going to say it. I think the windlass is dead. I don't think it is. I think as as I think as a, as a concept, it's perhaps okay. Yeah, because big toes are important. But um, I think as it as it being the, the producer of force to get us to propulse, I think that I uh, think that's you know about time to do go. You know out. that
1: people are going to chase you down at this national conference and not just want to dance with you, Johnny. They're going to say the windlass. Okay? You're throwing you're throwing the windlass out after decades. It's great. I love this. Just throw- <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> so <laughs> we should do a whole episode of the West Wizard, Actually, Oh, God. Um, <laughs> um, anything else? So, we've got you've palpated the tape, you roll the tape out. Anything else you're doing as a, as a, as a major diagnostic thing to, to help you go, yep, we're on the money here and, that, and we're going to use that to, to modify some treatment. And I
1: want to go on and just mention the uh, tenderness aspect of abductor hallucis um, and where that medial calcaneal nerve um, comes through. You cannot miss the medial calcaneal nerve problems and the fact that abductor hallucis tendon is in the vicinity of your medial heel. And it does all sort of mesh and come together internally. Um, although it doesn't change treatment plan, I think those problems, the abductor houses problems, you know, get a little bit missed and not spoken of, but and they also seem a little easier to manage as well.
0: Do you think that um, you, that all FOSIs in those instances, and again we sort of Delve into treatment again. But do you think they could compress that nerve if that's what's going on?
1: Yes. And I think people who have quite acute or quite painful plantar fascia or medial heel problems, um, I'm, I'll be very clear about my approach um, using orthoses in that scenario. So,
0: three take homes history, history. Use tape as a diagnostic as well as a bit of a, as a bit of a gauge of treatment.
1: Yes. And palpation.
0: And palpation. Those are your three go-to. Yeah,
1: it should not be too hard. Shouldn't be too hard in. Uh...
0: Yeah. And if you're not winning, that's when you use all your other stuff.
1: Yeah. yeah and there's a, there's going to be a whole treatment plan.
0: Yes. 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 How long do you give yourself to, uh, to get some success?
1: I want 30 to 50% improvement within a two- to three-week timeline. Uh,
0: something bizarre but radibally oh, young, John. Jason. What's yeah, something well, good that happened
1: this week? Talking about taping, um, uh, telling a patient how to do taping and that the taping must be done firmly and slowly. And she tells me that that reminded her of what she said to a guy one time and it was the best ever. Funny moment. (laughs) Pretty open about it. I'll leave you there. Thank you for listening to us on uh, Simply the Best Podiatry. Tune in for the next episode. We're going to talk about treatment of plantar heel problems. And uh, you've been listening to Jason Agosta and John Osborne. (laughs) Thanks, Dancing Johnny.
0: Thanks, Crazy Jason. I love it.